Welcome to The How of Business with Henry Lopez and David Begin, the podcast that helps you start, run, and grow your small business. And now, here are your hosts. Welcome to this episode of The How of Business. This is Henry Lopez, and my guest today is Jerry Detweiler. Jerry, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much. It's great to have you on the show today. I'm looking forward to chatting about this topic. So today we're going to talk about how to build personal and business credit to help you start and grow your small business. If you want to receive more information about the How of Business, including links to the show notes page for this episode, please text the word biz, B-I-Z, to 31996. So Jerry Detweiler has more than 20 years of experience guiding individuals through the confusing world of credit and has earned a reputation as a reliable and independent resource on personal and small business credit. She serves as education director for NAV, that's N-A-V. They are the first site to give business owners free personal and business credit scores and tools to build financially healthy companies. This is at NAV is where she develops educational programs and content for small business owners and works on advocacy initiatives. Jerry is also a writer and her articles have been featured on Yahoo, MSN Money, ABCNews.com, CBSNews.com, NBCNews.com, Forbes, the Today Show website, and many others. She is the author and or co-author of five books, including her newest title, Finance Your Own Business, Get on the Financing Fast Track, which she co-authored with best-selling author and corporate attorney, Garrett Sutton. For more than five years, Jerry has hosted her own talk radio programs, and she has been interviewed for more than 3,000 news stories for numerous television programs across the country. Jerry lives in Sarasota, Florida. And so once again, Jerry Detweiler, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Henry. I appreciate it. My pleasure. You've got the experience and the background and have helped numerous individuals and companies with this topic of credit. And I'd like to start, if we could, just with a little bit of your story, your early career, and what led you to now this focus on credit. So tell us that story, if you would. Yeah, I completely fell into this field. I was working uh, with a mortgage company. My um, former employer was doing some things I didn't think were ethical. I I ended up getting fired hmm. when I raised them, and he ended up in jail. So I oh, feel wow. a little bit. <laughs> I feel like I made the right decision there, <laughs> but but I ended up with a consumer advocacy group in Washington D.C. And at that time, we were the only group in the country that was just focused on credit education and advocacy. And it was a really interesting time. There was a lot going on. Consumers got the right to get their credit reports, their personal credit reports for free while I was working in that um, in that role. They got the right to actually find out, get this, find out how much their credit card cost before they got it in the mail. Before mm-hmm. that legislation, you actually would get a credit card and then you'd find out what the interest rate was. Isn't that amazing? What, what time frame are we talking about? The, the- We're talking late 80s, early 90s. So mm-hmm. very interesting time, lots going on. And just as the result of that, this and this is largely pre-internet too, uh, I, I got to do a lot of fun things, including I wrote my first book, The Ultimate Credit Handbook, which was the very first mass market book that talked about FICO scores and credit reports and that kind of thing. So it was just a very exciting time. And and once you're in that you know field, you, you 
keep going with it. I was self-employed after that role for about 15 years. And then I landed with credit.com. I was there for a, a few years. And then I, I actually ended up at NAV where I am now because I interviewed the CEO of NAV while I was writing Finance Your Own Business. And I kind of kept track of what they were doing. It took about three years before the book came out. And as I watched the evolution, I, was, I remember saying to my co-author, Garrett Sutton, oh, this is really cool. Our readers are going to love this. And then, lo and behold, the book came out. I ended up there working full-time. So it all comes around for full circle. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so let's let's dive into then. I, I want to start from the individual's perspective, and specifically that person maybe who's looking to open their first business. And often what I find with my clients, either through SCORE or my own business coaching, is that they just don't have the, the wherewithal financially, the credit. So what are some of those things besides the obvious, you know, and again, you mentioned we need to know what our credit score is, but maybe that is where you start. But what do you find? How do you typically coach someone as to how to start getting to a point where they're going to have the credit to get lending if that's the route that they're going to go? Yeah, so most early businesses, they are going to rely in at least in part and probably in a large part on their personal credit. So that's just the reality of getting started because I look at financing as sort of um, maybe a three-legged stool. And one, the things that lenders are looking for primarily are going to be three things. One is time and business. So once you reach the two-year mark for your business, you by virtue of making it that far, you become less less risky to a lender. And then the second is revenues. So they want to see how much money is the business itself bringing in. And for that, you really need a business bank account if you don't have one. I talked to, I don't know if you do, Henry, with your SCORE mentoring, but I talked to a lot of business owners who haven't separated their business and, and right. personal accounts. And that's really important. And then the third thing is credit. And credit may include personal credit, business credit, or a combination of the both. Now, that doesn't mean there aren't business loans for startups. There are options out there, the microloans, the SBA even has a microloan program. But for most small businesses, the idea that you're going to create this business plan and walk into a bank almost like a Shark Tank pitch, right? And get them mm -hmm. so excited about their, your idea that they're going to give you hundred or $150,000. That's just not very realistic. So you have to see it as a ladder where you're going to progress up that ladder. And when your revenues and your time in business are not strong, then your credit better be strong because that's going to help, help you get the credit that you need to launch your business. Right. And if, we, if we're talking about, for example, and I agree with you completely in my experience, that to get a traditional loan or even an SBA loan for a first business is, is very difficult. It does seem in my experience where it's a little better opportunity if it's an existing business. So at least I can show that time in business, even though it wasn't my business and the revenues, right? So I'm buying an existing successful business. I might have a better opportunity there, but even then, in that case, my personal credit is still going to come into play, right? Yes, exactly. And I think that's a great example that you bring up. I, I don't think enough business owners think about the fact that they don't necessarily have to create a business from scratch. There is a huge number of baby boomers who want to sell their businesses. And if you are serious about it, you may want to look for a business in within the industry that you're interested in going to, into and buy an existing business. And then you can always expand. If you see a better, a better way to do something, you can always take that as your launching point for that. But you're right. If you have an existing business that you're buying, you may be able to get financing based, at least in part, on the success of that business itself, or there may be owner financing available as well. 
Right, which is a big opportunity there. Uh, on the personal credit side, staying there for a moment, first and foremost, I got to find out what my credit score is, right? And a lot of people don't even, I don't even know that they realize that there really is such a thing as you're entitled to a free credit report, right? Yes, correct. So under federal law, you can get a free copy of your credit report once a year from each of the three major credit reporting agencies, Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion. The site you go to to do that is annualcreditreport.com, annualcreditreport.com. Now I will tell you, this site, it's required by law and they haven't made it especially pretty. <laughs> so you may feel like, is this a scam? Because you're going right. to have to put in your social security number. But look for that lock, you know, the padlock at the top. And, uh, and if you're on that site, then you can get your report. I recommend the first time you do it, you get it from all three because they don't share information with each other except in very rare circumstances required by law. So you, I've had this myself where I had a mistake on one report, not on the other. So you want to at least the first time you get them, see all three. And that's just going to give you the data that's in your credit report. So these are the ingredients that are used to calculate a credit score. But annualcreditreport.com does not require a, a free credit score. So you may be invited to pay for one. Right. But I wrote, recently wrote an article with 150 places you can get your credit score for free. So this is all you know, mostly on the personal side. 150 places. So you have plenty of options yeah. for getting a free Basically, credit I mean, score. They're just going to ask you for an email address, I'm sure, some kind of contact information, but that's the price to get a score, right? Uh, to get a score they, uh, at annualcreditreport.com, it's free. I mean, it's going to be a charge. Oh, you mean on these yeah. 150 sites? Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. You're going to sign up to monitor your credit score. And then some of them will uh, maybe present offers to you. Some of them are credit card issuers that if you have a relationship with them, they've already purchased the FICO score. So they are allowed to show it to you for free. So they're just passing along the, the score that they already paid for when they opened your account. Right. Now, the data that I get out of annualcreditreport.com what I'm looking for there are those uh, things that don't belong there, right? Uh, accounts that aren't really mine, uh, things that, that should not be on my report. Is that correct? That's one Ex of the things. Exactly. So you're looking at things that don't belong to you and mistakes that could happen. I once had a mortgage company of mine that reported me late six times wow. and I got it fixed. And then a couple of years later, it popped up again. So even if you pay your bills on time, uh, and in fact, People who always pay their bills on time and don't really use a lot of credit tend to be the ones who don't check at all. Uh, but, you know, there's, there's identity theft. I was a victim of identity theft last year. Someone opened up a retail card in my name. And when I found out about it and was on the phone with the, with the uh, retail card issuer, they told me that the $400 in, in sneakers that this person bought were, were on a truck, mm. you know, getting ready to be delivered. <laughs> uh, and I found out because of alert. So that's one of the advantages of looking at your credit score through these services. Often you can get free alerts that identify um, activity on your credit report. What do you currently use to protect yourself from identity theft? Well, I work at NAV and I have a NAV account. So I have a NAV uh, premium account and I actually get my personal and business credit scores through that dashboard and then I get alerts and also has identity theft insurance. Um, but passed a new law uh, that allows you to freeze your personal credit reports for free. Mm -hmm. So this was a result of the data breaches that happened and you do have to go to each bureau to do it, but you can freeze and unfreeze your credit. Now I haven't done it because I monitor my credit very closely and I don't right. want the hassle if I'm going to get a cell phone or insurance or something else of unfreezing it. But my daughter, she's in college. Um, yeah, we freeze her credit. My parents who are 
you know, in their 70s and 80s now, they're not shopping a lot for credit. So freeze makes perfect sense for them. So that's one option to think about if you're, you know, truly worried and you're not very active in, in, in transactions that involve credit. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. So if I do have poor credit or less than stellar credit, what are some of those things that you help people with that they need to focus on? And how long does it take where I can get it to a point where I might qualify for a loan? Really depends on what's going on with the credit report. So I've seen results very, very quickly. And I'll give you a perfect example. This one is someone who has high balances on their credit card. So the uh, credit scores look at your credit limit on your credit cards compared to your balances. And they calculate what's called debt usage or utilization. So if you have a $1,000 limit, you um, have a $500 balance, you're at 50%. So a, a friend of mine called me uh, a couple years ago, right around right around January, and she was freaking out because her credit score dropped like 40 points. And she said, I always pay my credit cards in full. Why would my credit score drop? Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out she had a retail card with about a $1,000 limit. She had gone shopping, charged about $700. And so she had about 70% debt usage. And what she didn't realize is that the credit card companies report your balances to the credit reporting agencies around the time they close out your bill. So the end of the billing cycle, that's when they tell you, you know, here's how much you owe and you can pay us in full or make the minimum. That's when they send the balance over. They don't wait until they've gotten your payment to see that you paid in full. So she ended up with this high utilization. I said, hey, just do what you normally do, pay it off and then check your credit report in another month. And sure enough, it bounced right back. So that's one of the things where uh, if you have high debt usage, you can see results. Now, I know some people listening are saying, I can't pay my credit cards in full. I have a balance. I'm trying to pay it off. So an option there might be to refinance that credit card debt with a personal loan personal loans are categorized differently on credit reports and they don't calculate the debt usage the way uh, most personal loans, as long as it's a fixed amount of money, fixed period of time, it's an installment loan. So you could refinance that credit card with a personal loan. You still have the debt, you're still paying on it, but your debt usage improves and that might be a result. So I want to give one more quick story from a, a business owner. This is a real life example. I was at a conference where a business advisor told me about one of his clients She had some financing fall through the very last minute. I think she was purchasing a business too. And she ended up maxing out her credit cards. And a year later, she was able to qualify for SBA financing and she was able to pay off that credit card debt that she had used for her business using her SBA loan. So she refinanced it. Hmm. Her credit score went up 125 points as a result of getting that credit card debt off there. So that's one thing that you can see quick effect. If you have other items that are negative, uh, especially actually if you have tax liens or judgments and you haven't checked your credit report lately, do because last year and the year before the credit reporting agencies started stopping. They no longer report tax liens and judgments on consumer credit reports. Okay. You might be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I did not know that. What, what the, how did that come about? Uh, state attorneys generals were getting lots of complaints that the information wasn't accurate, verified, and updated. And so until they, I imagine in the future, they may update the systems. It comes through the courthouses, and that's just a very scattered methods of reporting, right. and the information is always accurate. So, right, because not, it's not that hard for someone to, to place a judgment against you. So is that, that was the argument, right? Not so much. It was more that the information wasn't necessarily matched to the right person. You know, maybe I you see. have one, and there's another Henry Lopez 
maybe in the same zip code as you who who it really belongs to. So there just wasn't, and then they also weren't updating it. So as it as a consumer paid it off, they weren't noting on the credit report because they have to go to the courthouse to gather this information. So just kind of a mess. Okay. All right. That's good to know. I want to go back to the point about, uh, you know, paying off your credit card. I've been told that sometimes that it could be good to have some uh, revolving debt. And, you know, I never do because I just pay everything off. But is there any truth to that, that the, that having, that paying it off completely at the end of the month does, it doesn't hurt, but it doesn't, bring you up to the highest scores. Is there any truth to that from your perspective? Not anymore. You don't need a balance to, you don't need to carry a balance and pay interest to have a good credit score. So what does happen sometimes if someone has a bunch of credit cards and they're just not using them at all, there's no activity, then nothing's getting reported. And then there's no, there's no current accounts that can be used to score the credit file. Okay. But if you're using it and paid in full, then typically the balance before you pay it off is going to show up on your credit report. So you should see some balance and activity showing up as long as you're using the credit card from time to time. And of course, you have the issuers who, if you don't use your credit card for a long time, they cancel it and close it out. Okay. Yeah, that makes more sense. You're showing, you're showing the, the history of usage of credit and that does show up. Um, that makes sense. The other thing that comes into play for a small, especially a first time small business owner, or even opening a second location is landlords. If I'm, if I'm renting a space, if I'm leasing a commercial space, Landlords often, in my experience, will look at credit as well, personal credit. Sure, absolutely. There's a lot of use of personal credit uh, among business lenders, and sometimes it's a soft inquiry, which means they're just do they're not. It doesn't impact your credit score. They're just looking for a red flag, a bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess they won't see a, they'll see a bankruptcy. They won't see a tax lien or a judgment on personal credit anymore. But negative information, collection accounts, things like that. Um, they might be just using it to screen that way, or they may be looking at a full credit check. And again. You know, the younger and newer your business is, the less revenues you have, the less business credit you have established, the more likely that personal credit will be part of the equation. Right, right. All right, so let's begin uh, by explaining the differences between personal credit and business credit. Yeah, so personal credit is compiled um, with consumer credit reporting agencies. The big ones are Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion. And they collect information about how we pay pay our bills. And then they sell that information to lenders, insurance companies, employers, and other entities that have a right to get that. Now, personal credit is very restricted under federal law. There's a federal law, the Fair Credit Reporting Act, which has been updated a couple of times. So it's restricted on who can see it. If you find a mistake, you have the right to dispute it. And generally, they have to fix it within 30 days. If you're turned down for credit based on your personal credit, they generally have to give you a notice saying that and giving you a chance to get a free copy of the credit report. So there's just a whole host of consumer protections that are built into the consumer credit system. When you shift over to business credit, business credit is just as old and just as established as uh, personal credit. In fact, Mm -hmm. Dun & Bradstreet is one of the big agencies. And they had four U.S. presidents work for them. Abraham Lincoln, Grant McKinley, and um, Cleveland all worked for them as reporters gathering information for their databases. So those, those however, are not, uh, there's no federal regulation. In fact, no real state, state regulation either. Hmm. And they gather information about how our businesses handle our bills. And then they package that and sell it for uh, either lending, uh, leasing, vendor credit, other types of relationships, but anyone can purchase a business credit report. There's no restriction. As long as you're willing to pay for it, you can purchase a business credit report. And there's no requirement that you be told if you're 
turned down based on it. There's no requirement for a free annual report. Just it's basically um, not regulated. Right. All right. And so as a small business owner, obviously the benefits is now if I am able to over time establish credit in the name of the business, one of the big wins, of course, is that gets me out of having to also personally guarantee the next lease, the next loan, the expansion loan, all of those things become a possibility, right? Yes. I mean, that's the goal. And that's the ultimate goal that a business owner is working toward. I do get a lot of business owners who feel very frustrated about that process. And there's also the reason I wrote Finance Your Own Business is my co-author Garrett Sutton was getting a lot of questions from clients who were spending a lot of money, like five grand or more on business credit building programs, Hmm. trying to get business credit without personal guarantees. And I think it can get uh, a little bit misleading, a little bit, you know, get get rich quick, uh, yeah. where, oh yeah, you just do this and then suddenly you're gonna have all the credit you need. <laughs> and it doesn't really work like that. Just like with personal credit, it's a process. And again, remember that three-legged stool that I said, you mm-hmm. need time and business revenues and, and strong credit in order to move in a direction toward better financing that doesn't require you to, to personally sign or to involve your personal credit. But of course, you know, the, the time in business and the revenues that happens as a result of being in business, it's the building that credit that takes, uh, that takes an action on my part as a business owner, right? Correct. Because many, most of the business owners, I would say that we, that come to NAV to get their credit, um, there's a good percentage who have been in business for some time, but don't have any business credit because it's not like personal credit where if you go and open a mortgage or a car loan or whatever in your personal name, you know, you're going to, it's going to show up on all three credit reporting, all three credit reports, right? It's just ubiquitous. Right. It's not the same with business credit. So you have to actually sometimes seek out, um, lenders and vendors that will report so that you can build those references so you have a business credit score. This is Henry Lopez. Let's take a quick pause on this episode to chat about your small business dreams. Do you have a great business idea but have just not been able to get it launched? Have you built a successful corporate career but need some help making the transition to entrepreneurship? Are you ready to start building your own wealth instead of someone else's? I invite you to schedule a free business coaching consultation with me. Just text BizCoach, altogether BizCoach, to 31996 for more information. I welcome the opportunity to chat with you about your business dreams and goals and offer the guidance and accountability that we all need to launch our first business. As an experienced entrepreneur who also made the difficult transition from the corporate world, I understand the challenges you're facing and often it's about helping you ask the right questions so that you can make progress towards achieving your goals. I can help you through your transition to becoming your own boss. To find out more or to schedule your free coaching session, just text BizCoach to 31996 now. That's B-I-Z-C-O-A-C-H, BizCoach, to 31996 or visit thehowabusiness.com. So how do I get started then? What is your recommendation as to how I get started to build that business credit? 
Yeah, well, I've written an article at, that you'll find at nav, nav.com forward slash vendors, V-E-N-D-O-R-S. So nav.com forward slash vendors. And that article lists three vendors that are super easy to get business credit established with Quill, Uline, and Granger. And I have, you, if you read the comments on that article, some people have found that Quill requires them to make some purchases before they will extend credit. But generally what these companies do is they have big catalogs of all kinds of stuff that businesses can use, whether it's, you know, all the way from industrial supply and safety glasses to, you know, Keurig cups and trash can liners, <laughs> things you might need. And what you do is you get, you establish net 30 terms with them, which means you have 30 days to pay for whatever you purchase from them. And then as you start to buy from them and then pay it off it, within that time frame, you start to build a reference that shows up on your business credit. These companies don't check personal credit and they don't report to personal credit. So it's a great way to start building some business credit in the name of your business. So that's vendor credit. The other thing I would recommend considering is a business credit card that reports to business credit. So most of the major business credit card issuers do help you build business credit by reporting your activity. And again, I've written an article on this, nav.com forward slash business dash report. So business dash report. You will find a list of all the major credit card issuers and it lists which of the major commercial credit bureaus they report to. So as you use a business credit card, you could be establishing a business credit reference that, again, helps you build out that, that credit rating. And that's another way to get started. Yeah. And, and I think uh, I want to clarify a little bit and give me a little bit more on the business credit card. I think often we get confused in thinking that when we open our business checking account, and we get a credit card, that's not necessarily a business credit card, right? That's still usually a credit card under my name associated with the business. Help me understand that. Yes, it very well may be. So what I'm talking about is the major issuers that you would recognize. You discover Wells Fargo, Bank of America, um, Chase, Capital One. All the major issuers have small business credit card programs. And what I find the confusing point is for small businesses is they think, oh, my business has to be making X amount of money or it has to be you know, a certain time in business before I can qualify. And in fact, the decision to give your business that business credit card is typically made using your personal credit scores. So there will be a, a credit check there and uh, looking at revenue from all sources. So it isn't, doesn't have to be revenue from your business. If you still have a day job and you're starting a side business, or if you have a spouse who would, you know, who would help out if you started to fall behind, you can include income from all sources in order to qualify. So it's something that many business owners will qualify for even early in their business. Even I, I know people have gotten them after their business is just a few days old. And, and again, it ends up being in an application is in it using the business's EIN number, not my social security number. So it's reporting that credit history then that I'm building with that credit card under the name of the business, not under me personally. Well, let me clarify that. <laughs> They will check personal credit. And because sure. they have a personal guarantee, okay. they reserve the right to report to your personal credit if you default. I see. Now, few issuers do report all activity to the owner's personal credit. And again, I've written an article on this, nav.com forward slash report. So nav.com report will show you which issuers report to personal credit and which don't and which do if you default. And there will be a personal guarantee and a personal credit check. So I know business owners don't like that, but really the stage where you can get away from a personal credit check on a business credit card is when your business is, you know, at least a couple years in business, 
couple million dollars in revenue. It's kind of the point where you're no longer as the business owner making the financial decisions because you have a CFO or somebody like that making those decisions. That's when you get away from those personal credit checks and personal guarantees on business credit cards. Yeah, that makes sense. And then going back to the initial, the first example of using somebody like Granger, I like that example because I think everybody pretty much with any kind of brick and mortar business certainly uh, might use Granger from, like you said, anything from a floor mat to uh, an electric motor. If I established with them, I completed an application with them and I asked them for, for credit initially with the, you know, 30 days, net terms of 30 days. And that then they will report to that as well. Is that what you're saying? Or do I? Yes, correct. Okay. Right. Correct. It usually takes you know, about 60 days for it to show up. So you won't see immediate results. But once it does, what we find at NAB is that consumers or small business owners who start seeing these accounts report do see progress on their credit scores quite yeah. quickly. Uh, but there's also a shortcut I should mention here. There's a, a third party company. It's it's not part of NAB, but we partnered with them, eCredible. And they've been in the consumer world forever. And now they've branched into the business world. And what they do is they verify bills you're paying already and then report them to the Experian commercial credit database. So for example, your cell phone, your utilities, uh, how, um, you know, if you have an internet bill and you don't necessarily have to have it in the name of your business. So if you're working from home and you attest that you use that internet for your business, then they can verify it and add it to your account. There is a small fee involved. Mm -hmm. um, but one thing I like about it is that they add 24, up to 24 months of payment history. So if you've been paying that for a couple of years, you can get that, that, 24 month payment history. And that could be, you know, really um, significant boost. So I have more information on that at nav.com forward slash ad dash accounts. So I've written an article there, ad dash accounts. And all these links I'm giving are just blog articles. You don't have to have a nav account to, to view them. Wonderful. So, so is there a, a score like there is for personal credit for businesses? Absolutely. You want to guess what a good score is? Oh gosh, I, I, I don't know. I have no idea. Well, I usually, when I ask this in workshops, I usually get answers like, you know, 680, 780, people are thinking of personal credit. Yeah, the personal scale, right? Yeah, well, the scales vary. So, for example, Experian and Paydex, Experian's IntelliScore and uh, Dun & Bradstreet's Paydex score, the score range is 0 to 100. Mm. 100 is the best score you can get, and anyone who's in the 80 to 100 range, they're doing just great. There is also a FICO score that's just for small business. It's called the FICO SBSS score, and the range there is 0 to 300, with 300 being the best score. Now, what's interesting about the FICO SBSS is that it can pull in data. Now, FICO doesn't have any credit data, so FICO's just providing the recipe. You know, they're providing the algorithm. They're not, they're not looking at your credit data. But using that algorithm, they can score personal credit of the owner and up to four owners. If you have four owners, you each own 25% and the business credit of the business. And they can use both of those data sets to create this FICO SBSS score. And it comes in play if you're looking for a bank loan or an SBA loan in the 7A program, which is a very popular SBA loan program. They actually do a pre-screen using this score. So like the first thing that happens is you get screened, your credit gets screened using the score and you need a 140 to pass the pre-screen. Most lenders want to see 160 out of 300. If you don't have that, you get kicked back into manual underwriting and it's more, you know, just more time consuming and possibly a, a, a rejection of your loan application. It's excellent. And thanks for that, that knowledge. And so to get to a score in that range, Jerry, kind of to summarize on this topic, 
uh, time in business, obviously probably well over two years, uh, revenues kind of in what range are you thinking or is that, does that matter so much? Yeah, I'll tell you for the FICO SBSS score, I have seen consumers who have a stellar personal credit, you know, really high personal credit and no business credit, yeah. uh, make a pass, get a passing score. Interesting. Um, it's easier if you have business credit. Now, business credit, when, when I was talking about the three pillars, I was talking about uh, what lenders are looking for. But for sure. your business credit, what they're looking for is a record of bills paid on time. Paydex, mm -hmm. for example, requires at least two accounts that you have appearing on your business credit. So you can actually build a business credit score pretty early in your business just by getting the types of accounts that I mentioned, you know, the vendor accounts and the business credit cards and paying them on time every month. And that can earn you a higher, uh, a, a, a very good business credit score, even if your business doesn't have significant revenues. Revenues may show up on your business credit report if that information is available to the credit bureau, but it's usually not. So it often doesn't. Okay. All right. Fair enough. All right, I want to take a slight shift. It's all related, but you also um, have written about and talk a lot about helping small businesses manage their debt and their spending. And let's start with the debt topic. What are your thoughts there on how business owners can better manage their debt? Well, debt is such a, it's such a, yeah, it's such a hot button topic because I talk to business owners who just think you should never, ever, ever, you know, take out debt for your business. But then I talk to business owners who successfully leverage debt to be able to take advantage of opportunities or, or ride out, you know, difficult times in their business. Maybe a seasonal issue that look, the government shutdown we just had recently impacted a lot of uh, businesses that don't have anything to do with the government. Um, you're, so, you're talking about Jerry after I've opened the business, right? You're talking about correct. type debts. Is that what you mean? Correct. Okay. Correct. So that's leveraging debt. What the, the big issue that we see in the business financing world is first of all, there are more options than ever to finance a business. We have everything from your traditional bank loans to crowdfunding to hybrid models that are a, a combination of crowdfunding and um, a money that's lent by an institutional investor. You have um, you know, merchant cash advances, business cash advances, invoice factoring, invoice finance. I mean, there's just so many different options. And remind me, Henry, we have a, a free score e-guide. I'll be sure to mention that you can get that outlines all these different types of financing. Perfect. Uh, the confusing part for business owners is that it's very difficult to understand the cost of financing that you're getting because, again, there's no regulation with one exception. I'll share that in just a moment. There's no regulation that says they have to disclose uh, the cost of financing in a in a in a comparable way so you can shop among financing offers. So let me give you an example. I have seen business owners who get a, um, maybe a, a merchant cash advance or an online loan and they look at the cost expressed in dollar amount. And when we translate it to an APR, when we turn around, translate it to something that they do understand because they're used to it in the consumer world, the cost is double or triple what they could get just by using their credit card and carrying a balance at 18%, right? right but they don't right. know it. So it's very easy to get into a situation where you've taken on financing thinking that it's going to be affordable but you discover that it's not affordable or sustainable and now you're scrambling and very often you end up with more bad financing and it just spirals. Yeah. On that example you just gave though, from a building credit history from my business perspective, 
is there a disadvantage to putting that on a credit card versus getting a loan or whatever that might be and having that report to my credit history? Not necessarily. Uh, not all the business credit financing options that you get will report. Um, and again, the reporting may be to one bureau and not to another. Uh, the business credit card uh, debt, you would think could be a big issue, but many credit scoring models, they either don't really look at utilization or debt usage that we talked about earlier in the context of personal credit, or it's not weighted as heavily. So on business yep. credit, the biggest weight is payment history. If you're paying right. on time, you're building credit. Then you're building credit. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Great, great clarification there. All right. And then you've got some thoughts also. You help people know with, with tracking spending. So what are your thoughts there on how small business owners could get better at tracking their spending? Yeah, spending and, and cash flow is the number one challenge for many small business owners. And it's something you really want to stay on top of. Of course, you want to make sure, like we said earlier, that you have a business bank account because it's very hard to keep track of things when you're mixing business and personal finances into one account. And even if you don't have a, a corporation, if you just are operating as a sole proprietor, you can still open a business bank account. And some mm -hmm. some some banks want to see your incorporation papers, but the, there are plenty of options if you're sure. a sole proprietor. So you can still do this. Yep. And then really monitoring your cash flow and starting to understand your numbers um, is really important. And this is where I find there's a lot of small business owners. And look, I'm, I didn't get into what I do because I love math or numbers. <laughs> I'm one of those business owners. When I had my business, tax time was always a headache and a a fight with myself to get things you know done on time and get done right. So I totally get it. But keeping track of the money going in and out, in and out of your business is so important. And one of the things we've done recently at NAV is added cash flow insights so that you can link your uh, bank account read-only access. So we can't get into your bank account and take money out of it, but mm -hmm. uh, to see and we'll help you predict whether you're going to run out of money and how much money you have and what's going on with the cash flow in your business and, and how lenders might view that. So just checking in on your, even if all you do is have a business bank account, you set up alerts and then you check in on a regular basis, you know, at least once a week. That alone can start to help you become more um, cognizant and familiar with what's going in and out of your business. But then the next level is to really master, you know, your understanding of, of your business's finances. And for that, if you don't feel comfortable or competent with it, you can reach out to your accounting professional or a, you know, you're one of your business mentors to have them help you set up systems so that you're on top of it. But it's really critical for your business financial health as well as loan options that you're going to get. Yeah, it's it's huge. I'm I'm glad you you shared those thoughts on it. It's it's when my observation is what kills a lot of small businesses, right? We just don't manage our cash flow, especially if we've got receivables or inventory, or those kind of components that really affect cash flow. And it and it ties back to credit in that I, one of the ways I might mitigate those cash crunches is by either having that credit card or some other kind of financing option to me. And again, those things are better available to me or more affordably available to me if I've got some business credit. Is that fair? Yes, yes. And it reminds me, you know, our co-founder at NAB, Levi King, he's a serial entrepreneur and his first business was sign manufacturing in Idaho. And he says that he, you know, he was raised on a farm where his dad said, you never take on debt, it's bad. Um, and he, so we didn't have any credit, any debt. And he said there were times when he would have to put on his best suit and get in his car and try to drive to the companies that owed him money, yep. them to pay him something, run to the bank and then beg the bank to clear the check so he could make payroll. 
Crazy. And he found himself in his own experience that when he started learning about business credit, even just the simple fact of some of his vendors where he got his steel and his concrete and his plastic from would let him get those supplies and pay for them in 30, 60, 90, you know, as he, as he grew his business, he got better and better terms. He said that alone was a crucial improvement in the cash flow of his business. So sometimes you're so close to these things, you're not seeing what other options are out there, but there may be ways to work out terms or payments or even affordable financing that could help you get through those rough places so you can continue to grow your business. Yep, absolutely. And that, that perfectly is a perfect example of why we have to build credit for our business, especially as you shared that example where you had those challenges of cash flow, you're buying inventory, but you're not getting the money back out of it until you sell it, but then you sell it and you're not getting your money until later. That's the way that we help get through those periods of time is by having those credit options. Yeah. Yeah. And the more you do to prepare before you need it, the that's right. better your <laughs> options are going to be, right? That's right. That's right. All right. Uh, summarize, we've touched on it, but summarize for us what uh, services NAV offers. Sure. So we offer free business and personal credit scores and data in one dashboard. And then you can also connect your uh, bank account for revenue information. And then ultimately the goal is to connect you with financing. So we're not a lender, but we're a marketplace and we work with over 110 different financing options around the country. And we'll show you based on your personal, you know, based on your personal credit, your business credit, time in business. And uh, if you choose your cash flow information, what options you're more, more likely to qualify for so you can save a little bit of time when you're shopping for financing and hopefully increase the chance you're going to get approved as, as opposed to getting a rejection. Wonderful. All right. Uh, I usually ask for a book recommendation, but of course we've got yours. Again, that book, her latest book is Finance Your Own Business, Get on the Financing Fast Track. I just want to ask you quickly because I didn't get a chance to read it. Summarize what the book is about. So it's going to go into more detail what we just talked about, how these credit bureaus work, how financing options work, and the pros and cons of different ways to look at financing. It also goes a little bit into venture capital and angel funding, which a lot of people are interested in. I, I have to warn them that it's not very common. Very, very few businesses will get that kind of money. Right. But it's, you know, it's, it is something we also discuss in the book if you're interested in that as well. Okay, wonderful. So uh, I know there's a resource that uh, you would like to suggest to us as, as small business owners, either in starting or even with our existing business. Yeah, I would say that I am probably at least several times a week referring people to their local SCORE or Small Business Development Center or both for free business mentoring and um, help. And so these are both agencies that are funded through the Small Business Administration. They provide free um, mentoring to small business owners. And I cannot say enough good things about the opportunity to have a business mentor. It doesn't have to be just about financing. It could be about your marketing plans or it could be um, you want to learn to how to export your product into another country or import products. They have all kinds of free resources available. And I just think it's a, it's a great resource. If you go to sba.gov forward slash tools, uh, sba.gov slash tools, they have a locator there. So you can find your score and SBDC. And there's also women-owned business centers and veteran-owned business, uh, VBOX, veteran business 
uh, I'm <laughs> blanking <laughs> on the acronym, Henry, but <laughs> it's for veterans. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there are all these organizations there. And we are, um, we are a partner with SCORE. And I think I mentioned we have developed free educational resources you can download at the SCORE website. So if you just go to SCORE.org, so it is a .org, SCORE.org forward slash NAV, N-A-V, you'll see we have a free financing guide, a free credit. So if you're working on your personal credit, we have that guide. And then there's also a link to a webinar I did on financing options and how to qualify that we did with SCORE as well. So there's just a ton of great resources out there. So don't feel like you have to go it alone. There's That's right. Help. Yeah, I think that's such a great tip. You know, I, I always recommend to people that you need one or more mentors and coaches to help you get through this. I have a coach and I've been in business for a number of years. So I think that input, it, I, I also explain it as being an entrepreneur or a small business owner can be a lonely pursuit sometimes. So if nothing else, it's someone who's also been through similar experiences to bounce ideas off of and to help you kind of calm down when you're going through a hard patch. But I think it's critical. Uh, as I mentioned when, before we started recording, I'm a mentor with SCORE here in the Dallas area. So very familiar with that organization. Yeah. And I love coaching too. I, I've discovered that for me, uh, I'm going to get things done when I have deadlines and accountability. That's just how I operate. So having a coach is also just great to keep you moving forward as opposed to feeling stuck. Agreed. All right. What's one thing, Jerry, you want us to take away from this conversation we had about credit? One thing. Well, I would say the one thing is to treat your credit like anything else in your business and stay on top of it. Uh, it doesn't have to be overwhelming. It doesn't have to be time consuming, but you do want to make sure that you stay on top of it so that when an opportunity or a crisis arises, you're in a better position to take advantage of it. Absolutely. And I think the only thing I would add to that is that when it comes to business credit, we have to take a proactive role. It doesn't just happen automatically like it does to an extent with our personal credit. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely agree. All right, tell us where you want us to go online to find out more about you and about NAV. Sure. So we do have a special offer for your listeners. If they go to nav.com forward slash free account, they can set up their free NAV account and check their business and personal credit, but they can also put in a coupon code podcast. And if they put in that coupon code, they'll get a free month of our premium, which gives them very in-depth reports uh, on their business credit. So that's a way to get additional insights uh, at no cost. Wonderful. Thanks for that. And we'll have, if you didn't catch that, as well as all of the other links that Jerry has mentioned to all of those blog posts and other resources, we'll have all of those on the show notes page for this episode at thehowofbusiness.com. Jerry, this has been a great conversation. I, I always learn something when I, when I have these uh, episodes, and, and I certainly learned a lot today. Thanks for sharing the examples and the actionable items that, that'll be great takeaways for, for us. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. Oh, thank you. And thank you for all you do for small business owners. I appreciate that. This is Henry Lopez. And thanks for listening to this episode of The How of Business. My guest today, again, today was Jerry Detweiler. We release new episodes every Monday morning. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and at our website, thehowofbusiness.com. You can also text the word biz, B-I-Z, to 31996 to receive more information. Thank you for listening to The How of Business. For more information, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofbusiness.com.
At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.